This is Butchertown Rundown, a Racing Louisville podcast brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Welcome to the Butchertown Rundown, a podcast about the only top-tier professional team in the state of Kentucky, Racing Louisville Football Club. I am Tom Benson. That is Becky Morgan. And Becky, just like Rich Strike coming down the stretch of the Kentucky Derby, (laughs) the NWSL season cannot be stopped. It cannot be contained. NWSL chaos is upon us. How are we feeling? Feeling pretty confident, actually. You know, not like pumped or anything. Like, I mean, I feel like that's the only word I ever use in this, but I'm, (laughs) I'm feeling quietly confident. Quietly confident is a great way to put it. We've had a couple of games. We'll talk about those very shortly. But really quickly, let's not mess around. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's get to the starting line. What is going on with Racing Louisville? Well, outside of Racing Louisville, I will first say that the Challenge Cup is over. Yes. And the the North Carolina Courage topped the Washington Spirit and was honestly a very ugly game. I don't recommend going back and watching it. There were some <laughs> bad injuries and, you know, it just kind of amped up the controversy that was already surrounding the Challenge Cup about how it overlaps with the regular season and how it, you know, potentially wears players out and causes injuries. So that happened. I, I suggest you maybe read some of the articles and stuff that have been coming out about it because it is an interesting topic. In racing's world, I'm very happy to say that Alex Chidiak from Australia arrived sometime last week. Uh, even, even though she didn't travel Excellent. to Seattle, she is, I'm hearing, pretty likely to get some minutes in the home opener happening this Saturday. So that's exciting. That's very exciting. Also, also Rebecca Holloway, who was held up with some visa issues, is, as we are speaking, literally on her way, her Holloway, ha ha ha. <laughs> to louisville uh she posted on instagram that she is she's finally on her way so we have two players who one will be making a debut sooner than the other but they should be joining the squad very very quickly and that's great news that's great news we are going to probably have to have a real conversation becky at some point of whether we're going to have a bad pun swear jar because i feel that when you said that she is going to be on her hallway like that's a that's a buck in the jar but we're gonna we're gonna table that for now (laughs) since our last um, podcast there have been a couple of events that i'd like to talk about real quick first of all there was a players q a for season ticket holders that i didn't go to but becky you went to what were your thoughts about that I think my thoughts are similar to other people I talked to where it was just such a wonderful experience to get the, to know the players as people and to mm-hmm. see them interact with each other and really see the relationships that have built up between the players. Uh, mm. Just really quickly, it was Neely Martin, Gemma Bonner, Lauren Millay, Jordan Bloomer, and Freya Olofsson who attended. And they all just had wonderful rapport. They were just joking around, really clever. The crowd loved them. They seemed to really enjoy the crowd. And it was it was just a really nice night. And the kind of thing that I know racing has been wanting to do for a while, but with COVID restrictions, just haven't been able yeah. to. But no, it was it was really great. I highly, highly suggest that anybody takes the time to sign up and and make the time to go to one of these if they announce another one soon, because I I think they probably will be doing more in the future. Yeah, and 
if you are one of uh, our listeners that is outside the Louisville area, I think a good takeaway is that the players that you're cheering for, they're good folks. They are easy to cheer for. They're good people. They like playing for each other. They enjoy having fun. And one time that I actually got to see them have fun off the pitch was for the latest kit reveal when they revealed their new mint-themed travel kits. All right. And spoiler alert, we've been doing this pod for a while, but that was only the third time that you and I (laughs) ever met face-to-face yeah it was it's kind of funny people ask me all the time like oh do you and tom hang out to record this no we we live in different cities so it was (laughs) it was nice to actually see and share beer with you tom well thank you i appreciate that and um like most people whenever you are having a beer with a librarian it's kind of like (laughs) having a beer with an oil tycoon that person's picking up the tab oil tycoon (laughs) librarian elon musk they're picking up the tab so that was great for me thank you very much A couple of things that I wanted to mention about that kit reveal. First of all, there were a bunch of players there and they were all awesome. I want to give a quick special shout out to goalie uh, Katie Lund, who was looking sharp wearing a mint jacket. Mm. Most of these, you know, the players, they all have the the kits they changed. She showed up in the mint jacket, looked sharp. Nice work, Katie Lund. Yeah, she was prepared. She was prepared. I mean, she was showing up, looking good. She was like, you know what? Goalies always wear something different. I'm going to wear something different. It was sharp. And secondly, this was something that has been alluded to with, you know, from different players, from different uh, commentators, people associated with the teams, is that uh, people say, like, Jess McDonald shows up and she's a leader. And you kind of hear that and you think, all right, that makes sense. You know that. But going there, and seeing her, she has a charisma. Oh, yeah. She has that it factor where when she walks in, when you're in her presence, you know that she is a superstar. And it was just super cool to, you know, you know, we had um, we had Jeff Greer on the show uh, on the pod a couple of weeks ago. And he said, she's a leader. We've talked to, we've heard different interviews with different players and they're like, Oh, she's a leader. And I heard it. But when I saw her and when uh, I was in line to get her autograph, man, I got it. That is somebody that is making an impact on this team just by stepping on the field. No, I agree entirely. I mean, she walked in the door and everybody started clapping spontaneously, yeah. despite the fact that they had already like gone up and talked to the other players and were excited to see them. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a, it's a different level. And that's not a, a, any kind of disrespect to any of the no. other players that were there because everybody only had wonderful things to say about them. And, you know, but again, you know, like you could see in this event, Jess's charisma. Yeah. one-on-one face-to-face, you know, at these events, you can see how funny and witty Freya is. Oh, and, yeah. you know, how warm and nice, you know, Savannah DeMella and Neely Martin and all the other players are, and Gemma Bonner, you know, getting to, you actually get a sense of these players as people at these events. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really, really, really invaluable. And I'm, I'm glad that, um, that the team and the players are being generous enough with their time to, to do things like this. Yeah, it was really cool. And, you know, a lesson that I try to teach my kid is I say, you know, you need to advocate for yourself. If you ain't asking, you ain't getting, you know, don't be shy. And the fact is, Becky, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a lover of jerseys. Uh, I like to buy jerseys. I have, you know, I got a a good bonus from work uh, this last Christmas that I'm, have earmarked for a jersey 
and I didn't know who to get. I don't know what player to get, but Freya Olofsson said, buy a jersey, buy a jersey, buy a jersey. She was hawking jerseys at the kit <laughs> reveal. If you ain't asking, you ain't getting, I got to get a Freya Olofsson jersey. She Absolutely. asked. She didn't ask for my, her jersey specifically, but no, she asked. I'm excited to get a Freya Olofsson jersey. Oh, I, I think that's a great choice. I'm very, I was going to get a Jalen Howell one. I'm really tempted to get a Savannah DeMello one now, too. I just, I can't make up my mind. Ooh, we're going to have to get them all. <laughs> They're like Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> so much to talk about. But Becky, this week, we want to talk about Barrelcraft Spirits, who is a wonderful sponsor of racing. If you follow them on Twitter, every time a racing player has a birthday, they get a bottle of barrel bourbon batch 032. It's a great bourbon, especially if you're somebody that you want to buy a fancy bourbon. You don't know, should I buy this one or that one? I'm not really sure. You could do worse than buying barrel bourbon. It's tasty. It's smooth. They are a supporter of racing. And if you're looking for a high-end bourbon, they are the bourbon for you. That sounds great. You know, I'm not a big bourbon drinker, but I do like to make an occasional hot toddy or mixed drink, and I'm definitely going to pick this up next time I'm out looking for one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I like supporting any group that is this excited about supporting racing Louisville players. You bet. I mean, you talk about a win-win. You are helping somebody that you're helping a company that is supporting racing, and you are getting one of the finest bourbons that you can possibly get out there in the world. Can't wow. beat it. You can't that, that is a high high endorsement tom hey you know it's not just me follow fred minnick on twitter bourbon aficionado also loves uh barrel bourbon nice but enough of that enough about bourbon as much as we'd love to keep talking about it let's move on to our first prime cut we've had a couple of games since our last show becky and you and i have talked offline that it seems as though there are two different opinions we can have an opinion on how the team is offensively and we can have a different opinion about the, how the team is defensively and let's start with the offense what have you seen from this team from the last game against uh, ol rain and the game before against chicago i truly believe the this offense is really starting to kick into high gear there is no doubt about it this is a better offense than we had last year and i think that that's in terms of personnel and i think it's almost more than anything in terms of the philosophy of the team Ooh. and the style of play they're not playing as direct they're trying to you know play this this high pressing style and it's really starting to pay off i, I think kim bjorkgren has proven himself to have done a, a pretty good job with this team so far they seem to all be on the same page about what they're supposed to be doing um and they're they're getting results they've played seven games right now and they've only been shut out of one yeah. as we've talked about in past podcasts you know that is not how racing did historically last yep. season and you know i i just i can't not be excited about a team that's scoring goals and scoring oh, yeah. goals regularly and also so many different players scoring goals jalen howell and emily fox got their first two goals recently emily i mean jalen howell back in houston still at the challenge cup emily fox in the chicago game um jessica mcdonald you know scoring goals cc kaiser even though she hasn't gotten any in the regular season has had two assists on the year so far yep. 
Savannah DeMello almost got one off a set piece in this last game. You know, it's it's great to have this many threats on the field. Uh, Ebony Salmon had a, had a couple good chances. She looked good when she came in late in OL Reign. So against OL Reign. So, you know, I just, I feel like our attack is working. It's really, really starting to come together. So let me ask you this. So I'm going to ask you for a percentage and you can give me any percentages, but you cannot say 50-50. Okay. okay. I agree. The attack sound the, the attack is much better than it was. How much do you attribute it to different players? And how much do you attribute it to a different system and coaching? That's really hard. And I don't think that we've seen enough yet to totally make that decision because the the players that we're doing well are still doing well. And then we got in offensive attacks like Jessica McDonald to do well, and she's continuing mm-hmm. to do well as she was before. I think, okay, so let me say this. I think on an individual level, I think our personnel have improved. And so I think that's a huge factor. But on a team level, I just think the philosophy's there. Yeah. So it's not like individual people working on an island and occasionally getting yeah. a goal. I think it's that we're actually working as a whole team in the buildup for the most part and doing well and finding each other because we actually know what we're doing and what, mm-hmm. you know, we actually have plays planned out tactically. So I would say, I would, I would say it has to be really close, but I think the majority is probably based on the coaching and the style of play and more than anything though how much the team has bought into it because Mm -hmm. you can have a coach that is telling you to do things but if the players aren't buying in and you don't have player leadership guiding you to it then that's making me flip it because then jessica mcdonald i think has been such a strong leader for the offense and i would say her Mm -hmm. personnel has been you know encouraging players to keep up the press and keep up the attitude so god i it's that's hard to say i I'm going to flip and completely contradict myself. I'm actually going to say that I think it's the personnel and I think it's the personnel in tandem with the coaching, but I, and it's barely an edge. I'm going to say it's like 55%. So yeah. I will, I'm not, and I'm not going to, that makes, that makes sense. And everything you said, I was on board and I was like, yes, I agree with it. I'm not going to ask you a tough question and then let myself off the hook. Here is one thing that, um, that I had texted you at halftime of the Chicago game. Mm-hmm. I said, now this game is on Coach Kim. We're down. We need offensive tactics. We need something. We need something on that coaching staff in that locker room to come out and try and grind a result. And we didn't get it. Now, I'm not saying that I'm putting that all on Coach Kim. I am saying, though, that when I look at the and, – and by the way, like Coach Kim's done a great job. This, I'm not throwing shade at all. I think he is on his way to establishing himself as being one of the premier coaches in this league. I think he's got some way to go to get there. But that being said, I'm going to say it's mostly on the players. I think that when I see um, – there is a game within a game where these players when they're on the field are moving and thinking two moves ahead, thinking three moves ahead. And I think we cannot get 
Uh, I do not think we have the goals that we have, the offense we have without Jess McDonald. I think that her impact on this offense has been more than we could possibly know, not just with leadership. Hey, Kirsten Davis, get up forward, get forward. Savannah DeMello, have confidence, get forward, you know, have confidence in that cross. Amina, get forward, get confident with that cross. Um, but also with the skill, that goal she had against O.L. Rain, that was a beauty. I think that we, we cannot look past that as far as her impact. But also, and I will not, you know, one thing that when you and I started this pod, we said, we're never, if you wear the racing badge, no shade is thrown your way. I will say that anybody that watched that team last year and watched this team this year, you feel a little bit better on the wings this year than you did last year. We've got, I mean, Savannah DeMello, Kirsten Davis, who you cannot buy stock in Kirsten Davis because I own it all. I mean it better. Um, Malay on the side, they are playing great. So do I think that there is room for, uh, for coach Kim to go further with this offense? Yes, absolutely. But to this point, I am shading more uh, credit to the players than the system. I mean, ultimately in a healthy team, and I think this is why this is such a, a hard question to answer, is that you know the relationship between the two should be symbiotic. Yeah. They should be very enmeshed with each other. You should have a coach with a strong philosophy and then players bought into it. And I think that if we don't quite have that yet, we're definitely building towards it. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about in the past how Coach Kim said from day one that he was going to build up from the foundations. And you have seen in every single game yeah. them building up and adding something new every single game. So they're holding true. He's holding true to that. And the players are holding true by trying to execute it. And, you know, you said in the Chicago game, oh, you know, it's on Coach Kim if they don't come back and win this. Well, yes, except they came back and had a record-breaking offensive onslaught. I mean, <laughs> they broke right. two records right. with crosses. So, I mean, that's right. The, that is on the players. The, the, they, they did try. I mean, they played their You're... hearts out, and it, it, it kills me that at least one of them didn't stick because, like, you know, the finishing that's wasn't fair. there. But that's fair. They went out there, and, I mean, they they dominated they just That's couldn't fair. finish and part of that is because i mean this is still a young team and i said this in my recap but like watching the ol rain game i really feel like for the first time and i wa started watching this game scared i i did not know what i was we gonna all did. see yeah. i didn't know if it was gonna be you know like the first time we went to seattle and played them and it was just a, a brutal game but i really felt for the first time like oh i'm really seeing what could be a very good team mm -hmm. you know and the, the way i said it in in my recap is that like i i can finally see that there are really good bones in this team mm -hmm. they're still adolescent bones they still have some <laughs> growing to do you know they were a baby expansion team and they're still growing so they're teenagers and we'll have you know some some bursts and some <laughs> stops you know as as they grow but there's a real strength and core to them that is really finally starting to be seen in mm -hmm. how they're playing t together as a unit like they really feel like a team they truly mm -hmm. feel like they're on the verge of being something really great and it might not be this year it might be next year but 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm seeing and feeling something in this team that I haven't seen before. And it, it, I'm very excited by it. I agree hundred percent. And just to quick, put a period on the Chicago game, and then we'll get back to the OL rain game is the fact that, I mean, this is the greatest league in the world. And sometimes when you're playing in the greatest league in the world, despite the fact that you have over 15,000 crosses, you're playing against one of the top two goalkeepers in the world. It's just tough. I mean, a listener, she is there for a reason. And that was, uh, uh, I mean, it was, it was tough. You would think that anybody else, any other team were probably putting two or three on the board against them. Maybe not, but we live and learn. One thing though, that you mentioned that I do like is that if you look, watch that game, man, Emily Fox moving up the field, our back line was thrown forward in offense. It was fun to watch. And I think that speaks to what you saw and what we saw in the OL rain game is that when this team decides, you know what, screw it, we're going to go forward. We're going to put the pressure on. We're not going to have any respect for you. We are going to press our advantage, press the attack. It is tough to stop. It is. And they did such an incredible job in the OL Reign game of putting pressure on and earning turnovers against mm-hmm. some really good players. I mean, we're talking gold medalist Quinn. We're talking Jess Fishlock. We're talking Rose Lavelle, you know, World Cup winner. I mean, these are no slouches. And we were, you know, pressuring and just knocking the ball right away from their feet. Did they intercept a lot of balls off us? Sure. But the the thing to keep in mind and the perspective to keep is that all last season and early on in this season, we were hesitant. Yeah. We we were not running up and charging players and, you know, cutting off angles or going and trying to disrupt their dribbles. And we're doing that now. I mean, that is that is a major change in mentality and confidence that we're seeing. You know, they were trying the high press earlier now we're actually seeing them execute it to a certain degree and it's not perfect but it's there and you know you made the huge point about emily fox and how excellent it was to see her actually go and and take a shot you know so often she she would go up and she would make the pass she would be completely unselfish and try and find the best pass it's it's a real sign of maturity in her that she ran up in that Chicago game and realized she was the best shot. And then she took the damn shot. Yep. Absolutely. And so huge about that. But I mean, you can't not say that in the well rain game, I mean, yes, they were tired. Yes. They had played three games in eight days, but you know, that's a fact of life. in the Becky, you're my Becky. You're my friend. I'm going to stop you right now. I'm going to stop you right now because being tired is not an excuse in this league because, and I said, I say this like, Oh, well, rank. Oh, we're tired. You know what? Well, they didn't come come August or OL rain fans come August when racing has played three games in eight days. No one is going to say to racing. Oh, okay. You get, you get a gold star because you were tired. That is this league. That is this league. You play games. Yes. Next week racing is playing three in nine days. So we're about to go through this too. So that's just yeah. the fact. So of there's life. no, yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, uh, excuses for short rest. But that's we, this league. But what I was building to is oh, like, yes, okay, sure, they were tired, but we didn't have Emily Fox. And mm. the fact that we played that well and that coherently without Emily Fox, I think is absolutely excellent. And Malay mm-hmm. was filling in for her, and Malay is not an outer back. And 
I do think there's some argument that because Malay was playing farther up and not as seasoned and outer back, that did leave players at wide that led to the two goals for OL Reign. It wasn't completely on her by any means. I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm just saying yeah. that they definitely took advantage of Emily Fox not being there, and that did expose us. But we still drew them 2-2 without yeah. Emily Fox, who is, I mean, I think that it's not hard on anybody to say that she's unquestionably our most essential player. Yeah. All players are, there's no player that is irreplaceable. There's no player that makes or breaks the team. But for us, Emily Fox is probably the closest that any player would come to for that, at least in my opinion. Well, and I think some of it is like, who do you have behind her? I mean, you and I can talk about, you know, we could have a 30 minute pod about who are our best uh, wingers. Is it uh, Amina? Is it Lauren Malay? I mean, cause we've got so much talent, so yeah, much, yeah. so much depth there. Uh, Jessica McDonald's awesome, but you also have uh, Ebony Salmon. Maybe you put CC Kaiser. We've got a lot of talent out there, but on the back line, you know, if you lose Emily, then you're looking, are you playing somebody out of position or are you, um, you know, maybe having somebody that, that uh, normally doesn't play too much. And we talked about the offense and how well we felt about the offense. I think, you know, now it's time to kind of, I don't want to say come down to earth a little bit, but the defense hasn't been as it hasn't shown the progress that the offense has been. And um, there is a, I remember seeing something on the Simpsons where they said, you know, 90% of all statistics are made up on the spot. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make up a statistic, but I think it's going to sound right. <laughs> and that is that 95% of our goals that we have given up have come from one of two scenarios. Number one, mental lapse, where we just mentally spaced out for a second had a bad pass that was intercepted and they scored. Number two, it was a ball that was out wide, played inside and scored. Now, one of those you can overcome, you know, dial it in racing, dial it in. You, there is not, you cannot have a moment that you mentally take off in a match, but the other side where you say, these balls that are on the outside, which maybe we can look at those two goals from OL Reign, that loss against Houston, where we had gave up those two uh, those those two goals in quick succession, where they played the ball out on into the wings, played it inside. We did not have uh, a good defense for that. I I don't know if that's scheme. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's awareness. But that's something that we've got to fix. I agree. I mean, when you look at our three lines, I think it's pretty safe to say that we have the least depth in our back line mm. because our midfield has just like burst into life with how effective Savannah yeah. DeMello has been. Um, and Jalen Howell has improved every single game and I think she played her best yeah. game against OL Reign. And so that's exciting to see her really starting to come into her own. So, I mean, those two rookies have transformed our, our yeah. midfield in a lot of ways. And, and so don't that forget leaves... uh, Kirsten Davis. That's true. Except, I mean, I think she's being played in the midfield because we're playing a, a four, two, 
three one. I think that she, if we were pit, oh, playing okay, a four no, three three, yeah, she would be a forward. You. So I still yeah. think of her as a forward, not a midfielder. But yeah, you're right. True. We're I mean, our midfield is doing well because we are mixing the the two lines together. We're just mm-hmm. playing with one forward striker. So no, she's been exceptional, and CC Kaiser's been exceptional too. But I just can't not think of both of them as forwards. <laughs> um, but the defense is definitely the thinnest line and i think part of it is i don't know if we have players that fit kim bjorkgren's well okay so there's a few things one i don't know if we have players that fully fit kim bjorkgren's system two i don't know if kim bjorkgren's system of building up from the back that's very european works that well in the nwsl Mm. historically has not but when you're relying on all these kind of short passes or risky passes through, you know, attackers that are posed to strike, you know, they're going to score on you in the transition. Yeah. And that's happened to us a lot. And we have European and European trained players as our center backs right now. And I don't think, I think they're used to the more technical game and still not quite adjusted to the fact that Mal Pugh's going to run at you, grab the ball and score immediately. Yeah. I mean, not Mal Pugh hasn't done it, but you you know what I'm trying to say. Absolutely, yeah. But I mean, there's I, so much there's so much frontline talent, and one thing that uh, that 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 I think about is that. And Michael Shaw made a, a great comment in uh, one of his columns a while back is that the first couple games that Julia Lester played, she was fantastic, and she would dribble it off, dribble it out, and was just um, you know you know no mistakes but then she got on film and then teams started to see her and started to see ways that they could attack her and then they started to attack her like that well now teams are so then um she gave up that goal uh in the challenge cup well now it's on us to they've made their adjustment now it's on us to make an adjustment yeah. to their adjustment. And and I think she did a lot better this game. I don't think that she yeah. had any oh, yeah. particularly bad moments. And I mean, t- to have a good game against O.L. Reign is to yeah. have a darn <laughs> good game. So I do think that, yeah, they really planned for her. And I do think that she's adjusted. But I just don't... I think that we just... We have some disorganization in the back line. And I just don't think that when they're under high pressure we necessarily come together in a way that creates a, a you know a brick wall yeah to stop things and you know some of that will come with time i mean a lot of these players have not played together very long so you know there needs to be some charisma built yeah. up the other thing too is that when you play a high press and everybody is playing really high up the field it can be hard for defenders to get back in time against faster players so Mm -hmm. you do get in a lot of situations where it's one attacker against if you're lucky another play a a defender and the goalkeeper but often it's just the attacker and the goalkeeper and there were a few moments in the last game and I, I believe the Chicago game too where you know Lester barely got there at the last second to dispossess a player and she did it wonderfully but you know you end up with these nail biting moments when you play in the style of play that that we're doing and so i don't think that's really doing our defense any favors either so i i I think that it's our weakest line and you know a bunch of people said this early on i know rj allen was one of them 
the just looking on racing before the challenge cup even started racing is going to be a team that scores a lot of goals and lets in a lot of goals and if racing is mm -hmm. lucky they will score more goals than they let in but either way they're going to have pretty high scoring games they're going to be entertaining but they might have games where they where we score two and then our opponents score five and that's just the way our team is set up right now and i think that that is very true what gets me though is that when and i am not going to be and this will be one of those things where if i turn into this person then i will start it will be bad puns and bad sports takes swear jar and i will put my dollar in later but i think that you know <laughs> when coach kim took the job he talked about offense 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 we're going to score more goals we're going to need to score more goals we're going to score more goals than we did last year and you know what he was a hundred percent right and we even talked about it in our uh season uh, predictions mm -hmm. uh, new year's resolutions this team needs to mm -hmm. score goals got it well let's assume that we have been spending all of our time on the training ground on offense building blocks moving up okay we've got concept one let's work on concept two what's the next building block how are we going to do it and we've done that to where we've got you know what a pretty competent offense moving forward at some point maybe it's time to spend a few minutes take some time away from the offense on the training pitch and focus on the defense i think that when you know i think that um you know we've got uh, rebecca holloway coming back or coming at some point i think that she opposite Emily Fox, a Holloway, Lester, Bonner, Fox back line, I think makes us feel pretty good. Assuming that Holloway is good as is as good as we think she is. Um, you know, maybe getting Addie Merrick into the mix, who we're all looking to see um, her work her way off the training pitch. I think that there is talent there. I think that there is opportunity there. We just need to start sharpening that side of the sword. I agree entirely. And, you know, you just made me think back to after I saw the scrimmage in the preseason against the um, the boys academy team and they let in racing, let in a stupid goal that they they were just were unprepared for. <laughs> Very similar to what's mm -hmm. happening now, actually, <laughs> where they were just kind of caught on the wrong foot and and a very good goal, but a, gore, a goal was scored on yeah. them. And I believe Michael Shaw asked Kim Bjorkegren about it, and his response was, you know, that's on me. We haven't been working on defense, and we haven't been working in the midfield defense in that area, and so we, we need to work on that, and we will get to that. And I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. So very clearly, they've been focusing on the attack, yeah. and the defense has been coming later. I mean, I think that... Maybe Kim Bjorkegren looked at the team he inherited and said, you know what, I can do something right now yeah. with this offense to make yeah. this offense click. And so we're going to focus on the fast return. And then we're going to, I mean, obviously they're working on defense too. I mean, I don't want to put anything yeah. past Jenna oh, and all, yeah. but I do think no. that, you know, he is working on stuff in stages and very deliberately. And I think it's very possible that they just said, hey, we can get a quick payoff with the offense and then we will work on the defense once that's clicking and kind of taking on a life of its own. I have no inside info whether that's happening or not, but as soon as you said that, that, that reminded me of that scrimmage. And I do wonder if that's the case. Well, I hope that's the case and it makes sense. Um, and you cannot argue, I mean, this team 
has been head and shoulders above last year's team as far as the offensive side of the pitch. And the and, defensive side. I mean, we're, we're, we're ragging on the defense, but right now we only have a negative one goal differential. Yeah. You know, Kansas City has not had a single goal. They're completely in the negative. Orlando, I believe, is still in the negative despite the fact they beat Angel City. So, I mean, we're still, I believe... I haven't looked at the numbers, but I still think we're letting in fewer goals than we did at this time last year. So, I mean, that's not, we're not doing that bad. We could be doing a lot worse. Let's say that. Yeah. Just so frustrating because so many of those goals are just stupid. It just feels like we've given up. And this is just me from a standpoint. I mean, from a fan standpoint, like I get it and I know how hard they work, but you see some of these goals they give up and it's like, Oh, like you worked so hard to to equalize. You you did so much. And then to, but uh, enough of that, you know, the, we're going to assume Becky that uh, we, that they came home from Seattle. They took a long nap. Uh, Jess McDonald's son gave her a wonderful belated mother's day (laughs) and they started to work on their defense. And now we have three games coming up. We're home against the dash on Friday, the 14th home against the wave on Wednesday, the 18th and away at Gotham on Sunday, May the 22nd. What are your initial thoughts about the the three games we've got upcoming? I mean, I wish I had more thoughts than it's going to be chaos, but it's going to be <laughs> chaos. I mean, this, this league has just been so... This league is always unpredictable, but it has been so unpredictable yeah. at the start of the season. Um, I mean, let's look at some of the games that have happened. Angel City overpowers the future challenge cup champions north carolina at home in a surprising victory and then falls to like the utterly horrible orlando pride (laughs) yesterday so like what what's going on there and uh, then you know gotham obliterates the orlando pride and then falls and gets obliterated by san diego san diego who's actually looking pretty darn strong if i'm being honest but I mean, a lot of people would throw racing, drawing the rain into that too. You know, the the Houston beating Kansas City even is a surprise, considering that Houston beat them pretty soundly in the, or I'm sorry, Kansas City beat Houston pretty soundly in both Challenge Cup matches. So, I mean, literally anything could happen in these games. What gives me hope is the, I do think that racing has a very good chance against all three, three of these teams, yeah. because I do think that there's been enough uneven play that if we're on and they're slightly off, we could absolutely take them. We need to get over. I mean, the thing that's most important to me is our home opener and we need to get over this hump against Houston and figure out what mental block we have against them like we we need to beat houston i'm sorry i i'm gonna be in the worst mood it's so good that we only record this every other week (laughs) if we lose to houston again because we just we are better than them we've been playing better than them at least i mean even if they score goals on us we have been scoring more than them we should score goals and beat them yeah so i just we have to beat houston the wave i think is oddly going to be the hardest game for us because they've been pretty sharp if we can contain them 
and not get bowled over like some of these other teams have been. I, I think that, I mean, I think we could beat them. I mean, we definitely have a, a shot at it. I mean, they could also beat us. They have a shot at that too. Who knows? But, um, and then Gotham, we've historically played well and, and drawn them. We've only ever drawn them in every game that we've played. We've never lost to them and we've never beaten them. Do you think that, Becky, so we we have a podcast about racing. You and we I do. are super in the tank, biased racing fans. I mean, sure. there's, do you think we like jinx the team by picking results one way or the other? I mean, in this whole you know, universe, like our energy that we are putting out on Monday, May the 2nd, are we? It's not May the 2nd, Tom, it's, it's the 9th. In this cosmic universe <laughs> of Monday, May the 9th, that's good because uh, otherwise I would have, uh, I'd still have time to get something for Mother's Day, which I was going to say. <laughs> Which is kind of hit and miss at the Benson house there for a little bit, but um, shout out to scout retailer in Louisville, Kentucky. (laughs) But do you, it's like, I'm with you. And I keep thinking that on the one hand, yes, we, Houston is a bully to me. Like, and what do they say? Bullies are like balloons. You got to pop them. Mm -hmm. Are we ready to pop them this Friday, this, uh, this Saturday night? I hope so. I think that after drawing the rain, we're definitely in much better shape to pop them than if we had lost. Of the three games, though, the one that I feel best about it, this is the one where like, I'm, I say this and then we end up getting blown out and then I feel horrible, is Gotham. I think that we, like Gotham, traditionally, like uh, work it out from the back, you know, try to build up their possession, possess the ball, move I think that works well against our defense. I think where we have the most problem and they, they do have Mitch purse who's a superstar, but I think what, you know, their slow moving attack, you know, plays well against our press, the longer we can keep the ball on their side of the field. I mean, you know, great work, Benson, you know, sharp, (laughs) sharp analysis, but I, I feel best about Gotham. And um, honestly with, with San Diego, their team is Alex Morgan. She is that she is their team to the extent that one person can be a whole soccer team. And I think that if we can, and we've shown that we can, we just um, woman mark her with Emily Fox. I like our chances. I think Emily can shut her down. I mean, uh, Alex Morgan's a superstar. Emily Fox's franchise. I think that she can shut her down, which just leaves the dash. And and I I'm hopeful against the dash. I, uh, so for looking at all results of all three teams specifically, just to replicate what you did, yes, I agree that San Diego is mostly Alex Morgan, but they also have really good central defenders. I mean, Naomi mm. Gurma has been been really excellent. Um, so they, they real. yeah 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 I love Kaylee, and yeah. they have a pretty solid wall. I think we can beat it, and I think we can score on them. But Alex Morgan has, I don't, I don't know if you watched any of their game against Gotham. So she stored, she scored two penalties. So we need to make sure that we're not sloppy and we don't, they don't mm-hmm. draw penalties off yeah. us. Because three of her five goals this season in two games have been off penalties. So we, we, she will flop. 
She's a known flopper. We need okay. to, to not give her reasons to flop. But the other two that she scored were against sloppy passes mm. that Gotham did in the very back. So if we're just sharper in our defense and we put all our effort into being sharper in the defense, I, I think we will do fine against them. That's a big if considering the, you know, momentary mistakes and, yep. you know, play perfectly well for 88 minutes, make two minutes of mistakes and you're screwed. And that's what's happened to us. And especially in the Chicago game, Gotham has just not had much chemistry. I don't know what's going on with them this season, but they have excellent pieces that are just not working together mm. at all. So I think that if they're just not clicking, then we have a pretty good chance against them i think that the key to them is just not letting them do anything early i think mm -hmm. that they might get dispirited the more they're held off and mm -hmm. if if we can just like focus on you know holding midge purse and, and christy Mewis back then they might get frustrated and, and their chemistry might break down and we can exploit them. And then houston i don't know we've played houston well incredibly well and then just either calls didn't go our way or we just dropped everything and lost a game in six minutes. I mean, uh, I just, Houston is an enigma to me. Like they, we are just, there, our kryptonite. We just cannot play them well, but we, we've beaten them before. Ebony, Ebony Salmon in her first 70 minutes or 45 yeah. seconds or oh, yeah, 70 minutes her in her first 45 seconds in the NWSL scored on them and beat them. So we need to do that again. We need to have that energy again. Kryptonite, diving kryptonite. If you get near Houston, they just dive. Uh, Houston and, is either, uh, they're the dive and then they're alternately the bash. Because they're either, <laughs> yeah, you're right. they're you're either right. bashing you or they're diving. So it's the Houston bash or the Houston dive. We don't know which or both. We will see. Well, we're not going to, um, we're not going to, well because um as i've learned um talking with my family it's like sometimes you start talking about these things you talk about your family politics religion you just spiral and it gets horrible 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 and then 30 minutes later everybody feels worse <laughs> we're gonna stop right now <laughs> we're gonna stop right now um about that we've got three games coming up man this is why you're a fan of racing this is a fan this is why you're a fan of nwsl is because you, we i mean we could come away with nine points or no points is the greatest league in the world. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I think we have good chances against all three of these teams. Yeah. I'm feeling, like I said, oh, yeah. I'm quietly confident. I'm, I'm feeling we're going to get some results in this three games. I don't know what they're going to be, but I, we're going to get some points. Your lip, from your lips to God's ears. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> well, Becky, one thing that we wanted to do and that we've enjoyed doing with this pod from the beginning is kind of breaking it up into segments. And one thing that we said, like, all right, the last segment we're going to do is we're going to call it the finish line. And it's going to be lighthearted and fun. And it's going to leave folks with a good taste in their mouth about the show, about the team. And we started off with Fair Fowler Card, which was a prediction segment in which you and I predicted things, whether it would be, you know, most likely to least likely. And uh, it was super confusing and people hated it. And like, <laughs> I was... loved it and it was fun, but no one understood <laughs> what anything meant. That was a, so we, we failed my there. 
that was my bad. That was that was my idea, and it was my bad. And, um, so we 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 put that one aside. Uh, but then we started to do build a statue where each week or each every uh, show we would talk about someone that we would want to build a statue for. But Morgan, like I know that we are just two people on this uh, swirling blue ball called Earth. But have our statue predictions been jinxing players for the next game? No, I mean, we joked about it, but I ultimately think that when you have to think about building a statue, you're thinking about building a statue to what just happened. You know, you build statues to champions that won something, not champions that will win something in the future, right? So if we look at it as honoring something that was done well, we're fine. But it is true that, you know, we picked Julia Lester, but for the reasons you gave that Michael Shaw pointed out, she just mm-hmm. got red and and they picked her apart because they had video mm-hmm. on her. And then she's come back and done better in the last two games. So I don't think that's a jinx. I don't think Lauren Millay has done poorly and she was chosen. Um, Amina Ekic didn't have like quite the standout game that she had, you know, after we picked her, mm-hmm. or the games after we picked her, but she also has been playing in not her best position. You know, her mm-hmm. best game was when she played centrally. So... No, I don't think it's a jinx, but now I'm super paranoid and thinking it might be a jinx. Super, so I'm like, right, exactly. Me too. Terrified I'm... to say, like, I'm going to build a statue to Savannah DeMello and then she, like, breaks her leg. I will, like, never forgive myself and blame myself because I'm very self centered and think that I have powers that I truly don't. And I'm very, well, insignificant well, that's, in I mean, there's a, na- there's a name for somebody like that, and it's called American. So we're, you know, we're all Americans. We believe that we have supernatural powers that when we say something, it will happen. And um, I'm the same with you. Like I keep thinking like we need to find some sort of stat that Savannah DeMello does that we can call it her delight. Like if she scores a goal, Savannah, she got her DeMello delight or, you know, a yellow card, but it hasn't happened. So while we ponder this great question with what to do, with the build a statue segment we actually were given the perfect respite the perfect way to put a temporary stop on the statue becky what is it it comes from shannon siders who recommended that the statue and truly it is the only statue that lynn family stadium will ever need yep is lauren malay riding katie lund like a horse that is a wonderful picture. It and is I just... truly hope people have seen it or else they're going to think I'm really weird. No, I mean, they won't think any of us are more weird than they already think. But it is an actual it is an actual picture and it is as uh, wacky and weird and fun. So, And the we... best part of it is that Lauren Malay's feet can't touch the ground because she's that short. <laughs> and yes, Katie Lund is very tall, but it does in fact look like a child riding on their parents' back because Lauren Malay is that short. And yeah, that, that actually stems from the um the player q a and the meet and greet where someone asked the players what sport they would play if they did not play soccer and without hesitation neely martin said lauren malay would be a jockey (laughs) and so that that is what has inspired all this lauren malay being being a jockey but it, it culminated in her riding katie lund to celebrate derby and we can all be very thankful for that and like I said, it is truly the only statue, frankly, any stadium will ever no. 
ever Absolutely. Seen. You mentioned that um, that statue was inspired by Neely's comment and, from the player Q&A. And going back to the kit reveal, you and I had a chance to talk with Abby, who is a racing fan. And you and I have talked before, Becky, that, that, you know, this pod, it's not about us. Nobody cares about us. People love this team. They want to talk about racing. And Abby mentioned that she really enjoyed the pod. We enjoy everybody that, that listens to it. And she said that one thing that she really enjoys is the prediction aspect of it, that you and I take guesses about something that will happen in the future. You did a good job of taking that a step further. First of all, do you have any predictions about, because we've got something fun to go uh, to talk about here in a second, but before we get there, do you have a prediction about this team going forward? You know, I've really debated how specific predictions should be. Uh, And like, should I make a prediction for the Houston game? Should Mm -hmm. I make a prediction for one of these games? And I didn't. I'm just going to say that these were not Jalen Howell and Emily Fox's last goals of the season. I think we're going to see multiple goals from each of them. So more than one. That that is kind of a weak prediction. But that's my long-term prediction. My shorter-term prediction is that I think we're going to get... I really hope I don't jinx this here. I think we're going to get four points in the next three games at a minimum. So, Becky, those were exactly my two predictions. They weren't. No, you're right. They weren't. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Those are great predictions. I hope we get the... Man, if we get four points over the next three games, that would be fantastic. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I love the Emily Fox. I love the uh, Jay Howell predictions. Here is my prediction. Is I think that through uh, over the next over the next 10 games that Jess McDonald will play 95% of the minutes. Wow. I think that she is vital to this team's offense. I'm not saying that's not taken away from um, that's not taken away from, you know, what Ebony Salmon can do or anybody else. I think to this point, Coach Kim has shown that when he trusts a player, he sticks with that player. And I think that J Mac, you know, is when she is in there, we score goals. When she is in there, she is a catalyst for the offense. I do not think that we are going to have a game over the next, I don't think we're going to have a game this season where we can just naturally, you know, you know, I don't want to say put in a B team and phone it in. um, But I don't think that we're going to have a game where he is going to feel comfortable leaving her on the bench health, you know, health assured. I think she might get, I think she might get a couple rests or excused absences for different things throughout the the season. But I agree that she, until something changes and someone else, you know, steps up and manages to surpass her, she's, she's going to have that starting spot. And I could say the same exact thing for Lauren Malay. I mean, he, Mm. he is clearly very impressed by the amount of, effort she puts in every game yeah. and he's he wants it to be a high press and we've heard the um 
we've both been told that the next Emily Fox, she puts in the most miles or distance yep. every game. And so, you know, that effort is going to keep her in the starting 11, you know, even if she, I guess, is being played out of position, you know, as a, at her back, as opposed to a midfielder or even a forward, because she's played in every line so far. And I mean, that's an interesting tactic and we'll, we'll see how it pans out. But I agree that when he has a player that he thinks is doing what he wants, he is going to be loyal and he's going to, he's going to stick them in there for, for, for the long run. So yeah, I think, I think that's a very reasonable prediction. You know, it's a fun prediction. I'll be right or I'll be wrong, but it'll be oh, fun so to will watch. I. <laughs> Terrifyingly. <laughs> well, let's get to something that um, that you had thought of that you had mentioned to me, and I thought it was completely awesome. That, um, and I'll I'll just let you uh, explain it. What are you thinking as far as predictions for racing? So we were, after Abby came to us, and she actually said that she liked Fair Foul Card, even though she didn't understand what the (laughs) ratings were. She just liked the fact that we gave things to think about for future games. We were like, oh, we should start doing something for predictions, but how should we do it? Should we have like a crystal ball segment? Should we do this? Should we should do that? And then I think I jokingly threw out that we should do the horoscope for the team. And you thought that was funny. And so we looked into it, and it actually ended up being... I don't know if our listeners are going to hate this, but I found this deeply amusing because I know they're written to like fit any circumstance, but it really did seem accurate for racing to like <laughs> so, kind of. So how did way. you absolutely now, how did you determine what racing's astrological sign would be? So I did it based on the date that the branding was announced okay. because I just took like the announcement of Louisville getting an expansion team as like the pregnancy announcement, like we're expecting. And mm-hmm. then uh, when they were actually quote unquote born in July, Oh God, what was it? I believe it was like July 8th or something. Yes. It was July 8th. The um, that is their actual birthday. And so racing is a cancer. I just Which love. I how always my, hate how you saying like, that, but it's. I true. love how you like went through like with such intellectual purity. Oh, how you, <laughs> how you determine it's like you know proof Louisville doesn't count. That no. was kind of like no, that's a false, like the name that you that give the like, kid, and then you're like, whoa, it's a girl, it's not a boy, yeah. so it's racing now. Okay. So what are some traits? So what are some traits of a cancer? So a cancer is cautious by nature which i actually think was kind of fitting for how we used to play and they are a water element okay and they tend to be shy and they tend to overthink things Mm, okay and i actually think that that's fairly fitting for racing so i kind of like that and then tom you actually went and looked up a horoscope i did for the upcoming week and this is in fact what it said This week begins on Sunday, May 8th, with the first quarter moon in Leo bringing a financial opportunity. So does that mean that we will have good attendance and the the team will do good for our home opener? Everybody buys a new away kit. Exactly. All these financial opportunities. But this is the funny part. However, there's still work to be done. It's time for you to recognize that any action you take at this point is better than no action. Mm. So let go of the specter of perfectionism and boldly move forward. And if there is advice racing needs it's definitely to let go of perfectionism and just go for it yes 
just let go of you know waiting for the perfect shot let go of taking that extra uh, you know extra touch and trying to get that extra pass to make things perfect just go for it so good job horoscope i actually think camera down at racing needs to do pretty well absolutely i th and i think that we will enjoy seeing whether this horoscope comes to fruition or not it's kind of fun to think about uh whether these things work or not but and we'll give it a shot I, I took it even further though i looked Whoa. up the horoscopes <laughs> for the three teams were playing and again it was surprisingly fitting because the dash were born with their brand on december 12th yes i did look up the birthdays of all these okay. teams and they're a sagittarius which is a fire sign and cancers have the hardest time dealing with the impulsive nature of Sagittarius's. And in fact, sincere and sensitive cancer will not care for Sagittarius's brand of brutal honesty and many misunderstandings will ensue. So in fact, to... the, the Houston Dash are our worst pairing. They are the, the team that would be the most trouble for us astrologically. My mind is so totally blown right now. I mean, I cannot even believe this. We need to, uh, like, I'm not one of the, if you are somebody and you're listening to this and you know how to overcome this, do we need to bury a potato on the full moon? Do we need to do, uh, I don't, like, we're not above um, voodoo, anything that will not harm a living being. Uh, we need to get in on this because do I think that, that is true i don't know but do i really want to beat houston yes so we need to like if you are listening to this and it is before the dash game and you're like hey here's a way to counteract that send us a dm post something to facebook so that we as a racing family can figure out how we counteract these negative vibes well san diego is also sagittarius jesus but based on the date of their birth which is december 15th they're not as unconventional as some members of their sign, and they do stick to their principles, unlike Houston Dash. So I guess that thank you, San Diego, for being slightly more noble in an astrological sense. And then Gotham is an Aries because they were rebranded from um, Sky Blue on April 6th. So they're another damn fire sign. God. And Cancer and Aries may wrestle for leadership and control of their shared environment. Aries may have impatient and harsh words at the moment, but cancer will never forget the burn. <laughs> that is the wow. exact right up between the two of them. And you know what? Wrestle for control of their shared environment. They're the only team that we've ever only drawn. We've never lost or beaten them. So again, these are kind of accurate. I mean, I'm not saying I believe in horoscopes, but I don't know. Uh, hey, man, I don't believe in, uh, you know, I don't believe in bad luck, but I also don't walk under a uh, ladder. So Becky, I really look, that was fantastic information. And I look forward to us following up with these teams at some point. I mean, we need to have the astrological advantage. So that's going to be some homework before our next pod to see where we have the advantage so that we can lay some big money down on a racing win because the moon and the stars and the heavens want racing to win. And maybe we can do another takeover Michael Shaw's blog again and do an article on Florida FC about it. Oh, wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. I look forward 
to, I look forward to a couple of things. Number one, I look forward to how you're going to title this episode because you had <laughs> a lot of great stuff just now talking about the astrological senses and all put that. pressure on me. <laughs> I look forward to the upcoming week. We've got three good games for our beloved racing. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's not going to be too hot. Um, Watch the game wherever you can. We'll all be watching it together, either in the stadium or on TV. Becky, this was fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it. <laughs>